This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, June 12th. Good morning. I'm Jeff Daly. Here's today's headlines. Ag theft bill. It's flower month. Trump orders biotech update and promotion. Farmers allotted for USMCA push and China trade. Stealing ag equipment may soon count as grand theft. A bill in the state assembly is proposing a new category of crime for stealing tractors, ATVs, and other agricultural equipment. Elevating the act to grand theft will help law enforcement to better coordinate and track criminal activity across counties. That according to Senate Republican Leader Shannon Grove of Bakersfield. Her measure, Senate Bill 224, passed the Public Safety Committee yesterday and will soon be taken up by appropriations. Rural victims, rancher Ann Vassar of Dixon shared her personal experience in the hearing. On an early morning going to my kid's graduation, my quad was strolling, she said. Now I look over my shoulder all the time, wondering when the next person is going to come into the ranch and steal something away. Rising crime. In Tulane County, more than $1 million in agricultural theft was reported last year. County Sheriff Mike Bordeaux, who is also a farmer, testified in support of the bill. Along with equipment theft, his agriculture crime unit has investigated multiple cases of stolen truckloads full of pistachios and other crops worth more than $500,000. Adding to regulatory costs, in an op-ed for the Vesalia Times Delta, Groves ties the issue to recent air quality regulations and bad laws that require farmers and ranchers to upgrade diesel equipment and purchase air monitoring systems. Recognizing California Grown Flower Month. The state Senate passed SCR 45 this week, dedicating June to the cut flower industry. California represents 75% of all domestically grown flowers, according to Senator Mike McGuire, who authored the bill. He pointed out the total economic impact for this industry was $12.2 billion last year. And on that note, a field-to-vase benefit dinner recognizing California's flower industry will take place today at 5 o'clock on the East Capitol lawn. The Secretary of Food and Ag will then compete alongside state legislators at a contest to design the most breathtaking bouquet. Keep in mind, research has raised the concern that the new legal cannabis operations may be replacing cut flower growers in the state. Both crops thrive in California's coastal climates, and the industry has long-faced steep competition from South America. Cannabis growers have moved into cut flower greenhouses in the Carpentura Valley and recently came into confrontation with neighboring avocado growers over spray drift. White House looks to speed biotech approvals. President Donald Trump is ordering his administration to look at ways to streamline the regulation of agriculture biotechnology. But an executive order released by the White House last night steers clear of telling agencies how to change their regulatory processes. Notably missing from the executive order is any directive to FDA to change the way it regulates genetically engineered animals. FDA regulates animal biotech under its animal drug authority, and livestock groups say that's making it very difficult to get gene-edited animals to market. Keep in mind, USDA has already taken a major step toward Trump's goal by releasing a proposed rule last week that would exempt many new gene-edited crops from regulation. Companies would be allowed to decide on their own whether their products are regulated. 
The executive order would give FDA and EPA, as well as the USDA, six months to identify relevant regulations and guidance documents that need to be streamlined. There are also deadlines for agencies to develop plans for outreach to U.S. consumers and international trading partners. Well, how did it go over? The Biotechnology Innovation Organization praised the administration for taking an important step forward to ensure government policy does not hinder 21st century biotechnology. Greg Jaffe, biotech policy specialist with the Center for Science and the Public Interest, a consumer advocacy group, was more cautious. He said federal regulations do need to be updated and streamlined, but he said the executive order shouldn't be a blank check for reducing government oversight so that the public has to rely solely on industry self-determinations of safety. Trump louds farmers for pushing USMCA. Hundreds of farm groups and ag businesses signed on to a new letter urging Congress to ratify the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement as quickly as possible. And Trump is celebrating the push for his top legislative priority. On my way to Iowa, just heard nearly a thousand agriculture groups signed a letter urging Congress to approve the USMCA, Trump tweeted yesterday. Our patriot farmers in rural America have spoken. Now Congress must do its job and support these great men and women by passing the bipartisan USMCA trade agreement. The letter, which was a topic at a House Agriculture Subcommittee hearing on trade yesterday, stresses the importance of zero-tariff trade that began under the North American Free Trade Agreement and would continue under USMCA. Representative David Rouser of North Carolina said, American producers have made it clear the best thing we can do for our lagging agriculture economy is get this deal done. I urge my colleagues on the committee to join me in calling for Speaker Pelosi to bring USMCA to a vote in the House as soon as possible. Now, for more on USMCA and a look at trade assistance for California growers, be sure and read this week's AgriPulse West newsletter. U.S.-China trade clash includes ag issues. It was more than a month ago when trade talks between the U.S. and China fell apart after the Trump administration announced China had reneged on substantial promises sparing the U.S. to raise the tariff rate on $200 billion worth of Chinese goods. U.S. officials did not go into detail about China's broken promises, but some of them involved ag issues, according to top U.S. agriculture trade negotiator Greg Dowd yesterday during a House ag hearing. He said, I can say an important element of our negotiations has been to resolve a large number of unwarranted and longstanding trade barriers to U.S. agriculture exports. Dowd said, I hope that China will make real structural changes across the range of unfair policies and practices that yield actual, verifiable, and enforceable results. Crop insurance among government's climate risks. Climate change poses fiscal risks for the federal government in several areas, including the federal flood and crop insurance programs, according to the Government Accountability Office, the investigative arm of Congress. J. Alfredo Gomez, Director of Natural Resources and Environment at GAO, told the House Budget Committee that the insurance programs, quote, were not designed to generate sufficient funds to fully cover all losses and expenses. 
The Congressional Budget Office currently estimates that federal crop insurance will cost the government an average of about $8 billion annually from 2019 through 2029. Gomez also said the government has not taken a strategic approach to dealing with climate change or investing in resilience, which he defined as, quote, the ability to prepare and plan for, absorb, recover from, and more successfully adapt to adverse events. Here's today's He Said It. This is just a bunch of bureaucratic red tape designed to slow projects down that particular special interest groups do not like. That assembly member Heath Flora on a bill killing a long-debated water project in the Mojave Desert by Cadiz Incorporated. Senate Bill 307 passed the Assembly Natural Resources Committee on Monday and will be heard in appropriations. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, June 12th, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Alley.